Do you want to make more Dynasty trades? Sure, we all do. Tune in once a week to the Trade Addicts podcast and see how easy it is to train to be a great Dynasty trader. At Trade Addicts Pod, thousands of men and women have prepared to win championships without sacrificing value. And now, from your phone, car, or computer, you can learn to increase your team's Dynasty value. Many topics such as Keep Trade Buy, Make Amends, and Trade Addicts Trades will get you ready to make your own trades. So make the important call right now and check out the Trade Addicts Podcast. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yes, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast, Dan, Matt, and Ryan, and we are finishing up a, a great season, I would say, really. You know, I, I know there was a lot of drama in the final and championship week, and we're all three commissioners, and we had to deal with some of that stuff, but... Man, you know, when it came down to it, after a couple days of really worrying about all that stuff, guys, it, it really came down for me to, it, it was a fun season. I had a lot of fun. Um, I won a few leagues. I got knocked out in playoffs where I thought I was going to win that league in a couple spots too. But overall, um, you know, every time we get to play our game and, and watch football every Sunday, that's, that's awesome. Uh, so Matt, Ryan, welcome in. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited for the off season now. Cause that's really the most important part of our game. Yeah. It's dynasty season, right? It, yeah. It's here. Uh, it feels for some of us, it feels like it's been here for a while now. If, uh, if your team didn't do so well this year, maybe you've been looking to that 2023 rookie class for, for weeks now, but, uh, officially the week 18, the regular season is, is just about done. We got a couple games left as we usually do when we, uh, when we record, but I agree. It it was a fun season. It was a unique season. It felt like for a little bit there, we were going to end on a, on a very sour and sad note, but, uh, even, even that situation is looking good now. Uh, so yeah, great, great year. Yeah, I mean, glory to the game, glory to the players. Uh, can't say enough about the Hamlin situation. I'm glad he's doing well. All the all the threes everywhere in every single game. It's been it's been great to see. And you know, from a fantasy perspective, it was up and down. We had things that we expected to happen that didn't. Uh, you know, we had Russell Wilson who we thought we were gonna, was going to set the world on fire maybe in Denver. That he maybe set the world on fire a different way by getting his coach fired. Um, I mean, there's a million different storylines we could talk about in this season, as there always is. But I don't know about you guys. I feel a little bit of a relief. I don't have the stress of uh, setting lineups and lineup decisions every every week anymore. The, uh, and now we got we got a lot of work to do for this offseason for these this rookie class coming up. Um, but from some in some ways, it feels a little bit less stressful and we can just sit back and enjoy the product on the field now the rest of the way. Yeah, I read this week it, the the point scoring season is over. Exactly. But, but dynasty season is alive. You know, we're we're not scoring any more points, but we're uh, setting ourselves up for a future that hopefully will and hopefully bring titles. Before we move on, guys, last week I I mentioned out to to all our listeners, hey, let us know, show us the screenshots uh, of some of these titles, and man. I got a I got a bunch of returns on that. We we had so many, I wish I could mention all of them. 
but so many kind words from a lot of our listeners saying, hey, guys, you helped me out. You don't, you probably don't remember this, but I asked you three, should I make this trade? Should I go for the third championship? And yep. then you get the response back that says, I went for it. You guys said to, I won the league for the third time. First team ever to win three in a row. And we love hearing that kind of stuff. So, I, you know, I know all three of us won titles this year. I, I almost, It's almost more gratifying, Matt, to get those responses from others that when you get give that advice and they take it and it helps them, that feels so good. It, it does. I mean... It, it... I almost, I'm going to say almost because it's, it's not quite true, but I feel at least just as good as hearing somebody that you, you or Dan or, or you or Ryan or me, we gave advice to at some point during the season and hearing that that worked out for them, you know, because a lot of the times in this, <laughs> in this industry, I guess, on the, the, the Twitterverse, all of that, you know, we hear a lot more about the negative stuff that happens, a lot more dunking on people that got things wrong. Um, so, you know, it's nice to, it's nice to hear the, the positive side of it too. So we thank you guys for listening and we're glad that we could, uh, help you out in some way. Well said for sure. Uh, we got a lot of fun stuff to get to this, really this off season. We got a lot of, a lot of great stuff planned to, to cover those rookies, to cover, uh, veteran movement and all the things that are going to happen. But we do have one more. Uh, really in-season show to do. It's a week 18 edition of the pod, and we're going we're gonna to get down with brand new ADP this week. That'll be a fun segment for sure. Of course, we got your sleeper stash of the week. That'll be a good one coming up as well. Um, we're going to review all those set the lines from the season, kind of put a put a uh, end to that segment for the year, and then we have uh, a final 2022 rookie mock draft. So hopefully we can talk about a lot of the guys that we're building our future championships around. But first, we, we better hit this button. The Startup. Yeah, the startup. There, there were a few different ways to go this week, and a lot of, a lot of it uh, boiled down to one thing for me, Ryan, and that was that the Texans they beat the Colts, and the Bears they lost to the Vikings. So Chicago now holds the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, and and maybe some dynasty managers will say, wait, what does that have to do with dynasty? And the more I've thought about it, the more I really feel like. With the Bears already set with Justin Fields behind center, um, if if they didn't have the number one pick, if it was Houston, it'd be a foregone conclusion. Houston was taking one of these top quarterbacks and going to build their team around that quarterback. Now, it really seems to me like, and maybe I'm off base here, Chicago is going to sell that pick to the highest bidder, accrue as many picks as they possibly can, and maybe one, if not both of these quarterbacks uh, could end up... Being chosen number one and go to a better landing spot than Houston might be able to offer. So, you know, I, I, I really, I really dug into it a little bit here in the last half hour before we hit record, and got excited about the potential for C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, whoever they decide is that number one guy over the next few months to land with these other teams other than the Houston Texans. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm not a. I'm not one to typically cheer for the Bears, but I found myself on Sunday cheering. Uh, well, cheering for the Bears to lose, and but for for good things to happen to them, and for them to land this first overall pick. It, 
I mean, it just feels like the Jaguars and the and the Texans take turns picking number one overall. And um, I mean, to see another team get that, and especially a team that does have this playmaking young quarterback that has really been so impressive, uh, a team that makes the at least recently has made the types of decisions we advocate for uh, in, in the fantasy landscape, trading veterans for picks, things like that. Um, it's just going to be a much more fun offseason with the Bears having that first pick uh, versus the Houston Texans. And, and the trade possibilities that you mentioned uh, are, are a huge part of that uh, compared to just, yeah, the, the Texans have the pick and they're going to take whichever quarterback they like best. Um, the trade possibilities, the, the conversations that are sure to happen uh, about do they really believe in Justin Fields? Uh, would they consider taking a quarterback? And um, I, I don't know if those are, are valid, but those are definitely going to happen. Uh, and it's going to make for a, a pretty exciting offseason. Well, the Bears, the Bears have plenty of needs as well. And there are, you, you could really go with any, pick any position, throw a, throw a dart at the wall with all the positions written on it. And, and there's probably a hole at that spot. I would argue that quarterback certainly is not one of them. And that does put them in a position of power, man. So most likely they're going to move this pick. And, and it'll really depend on how far down the board they want to go. And, and when we're recording here on Sunday late afternoon, the draft order isn't completely set. So we don't know exactly how this is going to, this is going to play out. Um, but there are some really fun potential landing spots for C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, whoever is, is that top overall guy. Most likely, and then there's probably a very good chance the second guy goes second to Houston, which is still an enticing situation from another uh, perspective because Houston has all the picks coming up from the Deshaun Watson trade and everything. So when you when you look at this from a thousand miles away and try to try to identify a best case situation for one of these rookie quarterbacks. Where did your eye go? Which team would you like to see land at number one through the trade market? Yeah, I I, I go to Indianapolis. Uh, sitting at five overall right now, that seems like a reasonable spot for Chicago to trade back and still get an elite-level player while still picking up uh, you know, a decent amount of draft capitals. Maybe they get a wide receiver uh, and trade somehow from them. Um, but that's a great spot for a young quarterback to go to. You mentioned that I have a good O line. Uh, it wasn't so great this year, but I think I think I think that was a lot of health related um, issues that they had. Um, great wide receivers there, great tight end, and of course Jonathan Taylor. Like if if you're a young rookie quarterback, you want a fantastic running back to hand the ball off and take a little bit of pressure uh, off of you, right? So. Uh, to me, that seems like a realistic scenario. Um, the Raiders look okay sitting at seven. Like that could be a, a really good spot with all those weapons that they have there. I think those would be my uh, top two spots, maybe followed by Atlanta. Yeah, you you mentioned Indianapolis first, and I think everybody's probably gonna gonna go in that direction, right? Because because of that running game, because the expectation for that offensive line to improve quickly and, and become really really good once again also that defense has has upside there there's the potential for that Colts defense to turn around pretty quickly of course they were rough without Shaquille Leonard throughout the season that's going to improve dramatically and that big hole on the offensive side is at quarterback now they clearly have to give up multiple first round picks and we're not about to speculate what kind of 
package they'd have to do at this point. But Ryan, if it was the Colts that gave up the package to move up to get the quarterback, that seems like a pretty enticing spot for one of these young guys. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, certainly the running game is in place there with JT and and uh, Michael Pittman's a nice a nice target. There's there's probably other spots I would like better if I'm just rooting for a a landing spot for one of these two quarterbacks. Uh, Matt mentioned really the two that were at the top of my list: Vegas and Atlanta, both with, in my opinion, much better weapons overall than uh, than Indianapolis. You really love to see a young high upside quarterback with uh with Pitts in London there in Atlanta of course if that coaching staff is is going to let them throw the ball but you look top to bottom and and you already said it Dan that we're we're still waiting for the draft order to be finalized but as of now I see 11 of the top 14 teams that have a a real need at quarterback uh leaving out Chicago, Arizona and Philadelphia out of that uh out of that group so that's again. That's just going to open the doors for uh, for a fun off season, for lots of movement, uh, movement, and it, it's it's all good news for the Chicago Bears because they should have teams lining up to move up to that number one spot. Yeah, and you mentioned the Raiders there as well. One of the teams with that alpha wide receiver, that that number one guy in Devontae Adams. You add in Darren Waller and even Hunter Renfro and the potential that Josh Jacobs could be back. Maybe they get Mac Collins, Mac Hollins back as well uh, to to continue to grow inside of that offense. They're looking like they're going to be in that 6-7 range. So that's a nice move. I there's a handful of other teams that are worthy of, of thinking about even. The Titans could make a move for a quarterback. That There's the potential for something like that. They're going to be right around 10, 11, right in there. And the Panthers, their draft position uh, could change throughout the day as well, too. Um, but DJ Moore's already there. They got that young and improving offensive line. And they really need that face of the franchise quarterback. So somebody's probably going to move up, most likely move up into that spot. Um, and then that kicks that second quarterback down to the two spot for Houston and Houston picks again later in the first round as well. So, you know, there's going to be some, some talk throughout the off season. I think that, that maybe they could wait on the quarterback, get them later, but the potential for the other guy, whoever that may be to land in Houston, although, although we might've been rooting Ryan for Chicago to get into that number one spot, that not, not everything is, is is negative there in Houston. They're they're going to improve. They're going to try to continue to improve, of course. Um, don't have the weapons in place necessarily with the aging Brandon Cooks and, and the rest of those guys down there in Houston. And the offensive line has been a problem for them for years. But uh, they're, you know, the potential for them to get the new number one quarterback, that franchise guy, uh, that fan base is excited about that as well. Yeah, it's not, certainly not, all bad for Houston. Uh, I mean, they they lose the chance to choose, uh, potentially at least, lose the chance to choose their quarterback between Young and Stroud if we assume that those two guys uh, hang on to uh, not only the QB1, QB2 spots, but also just the general uh, draft capital that we expect them to have. But you're right. I mean, Houston is still two. They're still getting one of those guys if they want uh, if they want him, and that's that's not a bad spot to be, honestly. Right now, and and we're months away. I think I think C.J. Stroud will end up being the first overall pick, and Houston still gets Bryce Young. That's kind of how I see it. 
playing out again months and months out. Uh, but it, it's going to be a fun journey. And if there's a trade, Matt, there's still the potential that Houston's the one that pays to move up the one spot uh, to get their selection as well. So it's not like they're eliminated from contention for the number one pick if the Bears are going to move it. I, I, God, can you imagine you go for that two-point conversion <laughs> to put yourself out of contention, then you give up some significant piece to move back into that spot? Like, I really hope, I really hope that it doesn't could happen. happen. <laughs> that, that, that would be very Texans like. It it really does feel like it would be. So you know, we it kind of continues the conversation that we had last week, Ryan. There are quarterbacks in this draft. There, it's not just those two names either. We're going to see multiple quarterbacks taken uh, in the first round outside of these guys. So you're looking three, four, uh, four names potentially taken. Uh, certainly going to change the quarterback landscape. And then there's always the potential, one of these veterans getting loose. We didn't we didn't even mention in this conversation Derek Carr. Tom Brady's contract is up in Tampa Bay. Never know if he wants to play some more. Will it be back in Tampa? So uh, there, there, uh, there, there's a few different ways that this uh, offseason could, could kind of play out at the top of the draft. And we are here for it. We'll talk a lot about it. Moving forward, there's a lot of moving pieces for sure. So uh, with that, let's, uh, let's move on. Sleeper Stash of the Week. Yeah, it's time for the Sleeper Stash of the Week where we take a look at a player outside our top 200 in ADP that we think you should consider adding to your roster. Matt, you got the Sleeper Stash of the Week this week. Who do we got? I'm going to go with Richie James, wide receiver for the New York Giants, currently wide receiver 107, 254 overall. Uh, I don't know how much to really say here other than, like, you know, the Giants have a lot of needs at receiver, uh, and Richie James has filled in really well in the slot. Um, I think he could certainly could continue to have that role next year. Uh, Wandale Robinson is going to be a problem for him uh, if they continue to play that same role. But um, I kind of think they can both uh, bo- both have success there just because of the lack of weapons really in the receiving game. Uh, you, you have Darius Slay who has been uh, popped up at times. Kenny Galladay has been a complete bust. Um, we've had other guys f- uh, f- uh, filter through, Kaderil Hodge. Um, so I, I just feel like he fits that role perfectly. Um, has had uh, several uh, very good games from a fantasy perspective this season. Has been a nice bi-week filler kind of player. Um, and uh, a player that I've liked since he was back in San Francisco. So hope he sticks with the team, uh, continues to produce, uh, and he's my stash this week. Strong player down the down the stretch yeah. of the NFL schedule and really into our postseason. In fact, in the last month, three games of of at least seven catches uh, averaging about eight targets a game. And, and while he never hit a hundred yards or anything like that over that stretch, it was regularly 60, 70, 80, 90 yards scored a couple times. One of those lineups that I mentioned uh, in the open that, that I saw that, that screenshot of, Hey, this is the title I took down in my dynasty league. I think the guy told me first time been playing in it for 15 years, finally got over the hump. 
he needed a little bit of help, needed to pick up a guy guy to play uh, about a month ago, and it was Richie James, and he uh, he played him out throughout the postseason. He was his wide receiver three and helped him win a title. So Richie James is your stash of the week, brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy, the fastest growing fantasy football platform in the world. Download their app, join a new dynasty league, or migrate the, yours to their platform and enjoy how easy they make it to manage all of your leagues in one place. You down with ADP? Yeah, you know me. Yeah, we need to get down with ADP because it is ADP season, Ryan McDowell, and we just collected January ADP, so it's time to introduce it to our listeners. Yeah, still in the process of collecting that, actually. Uh, Hopefully it'll be on the site uh, within a few days, but we have enough data to... uh, to get started here, we've got a couple rounds of data we want to talk about today. I just thought we could kind of go player by player through the first two rounds and uh, talk about some uh, potential buys and sells, maybe players we think are being overvalued, and, and just kind of dig into these top players in our game as the offseason begins. Yeah, I love that. And let's start right at the top because it starts off bang, bang, bang with four straight wide receivers, Justin Jefferson at one, Jamar Chase at two, A.J. Brown comes in at three, and then we have C.D. Lamb at number four overall and the wide receiver four. So, Matt, talk to me about these top four spots in our ADP. Are they the right four guys? And and I I know you like to build around receivers. Uh, Are they the right four receivers? I think they are. I think there's an argument at – at four, I think there's a. I think Lamb certainly is is uh, worthy of being there, but I think you could throw Waddle into that. I think you could throw Amon Ross St. Brown into that into that range as well, um, and I wouldn't have any problem with either of those guys at four. Um, you could throw. I, I, I know we we haven't got to five yet, but I, I think if you wanted to, you could throw Jonathan Taylor or whoever your top running back is in there. Because I do kind of feel like Jefferson and Chase obviously are a cut above, and I think AJ Brown is maybe in a tier by himself in that next spot. Um, so that four spot is, is open, but I think CD Lamb certainly belongs if if you like him there. One thing I like to do when looking at this data, and and I, I think sometimes we get so caught up in looking at the ADP rank where Justin Jefferson is the first player drafted, Chase is second. But if you actually look at the ADP data, the actual average uh, of those of those draft spots, we can start to see some tiers forming even in uh, these early rounds. So Jefferson with an average uh, of one point two. Chase with an average of 2.0. You know, no surprise there that those are the not only the top two guys, but in a tier of their own. Uh, Matt mentioned Brown maybe being in a tier of his own at the third spot, but our data says it's Brown and Lamb, 4.2 for Brown, 4.3 for Lamb are their actual averages, and a pretty big gap uh, between Lamb and Jonathan Taylor, who's who's the fifth player drafted. In fact, a, a a three spot gap, 4.3 average to a 7.3 average. Uh, so it's these four wide receivers and then a, a gap to the next guy. Yeah. And the next guy is Jonathan Taylor, the first non wide receiver off the board. As you said, big gap down to 7.3, the RB one in the class or in the, in the, uh, in our ADP once again, which, which isn't really uh, that much of a surprise. I'm wondering, though, Ryan, does he belong at number five overall? Would you rather go with that fifth wide receiver over Taylor? 
Yeah, I personally would take I would take Waddle over Taylor. I would take St. Brown and and T. Higgins over Taylor as well. And honestly, I was a little surprised that Jonathan Taylor was the RB one still. I mean, we've seen the production from Christian McCaffrey. We've uh, seen certainly production and a lot of long term hope and upside with with Brees Hall and, and Kenneth Walker. Um, so I. I I kind of thought Brees Hall might be the RB1 in this uh this month's ADP and and I will go ahead and mention we don't we haven't got those 2023 rookies in this uh data yet. They will be in there next month. So uh, a month from now when we're having this conversation, we'll see where Bijan Robinson and and the rest of the 23 rookies land. Uh but but for now it's uh, uh we'll we'll leave those guys out. Yeah, and I, I think I would take Waddle in that range too. Matt, you mentioned Amon Ross St. Brown. I think I'd take him over Jonathan Taylor, and, and I'm a Taylor apologist. Still believe he's that number one running back uh, that's available out there. I, I think he really belongs at about seven or maybe even all the way down to eight. We could We could continue to list wide receivers for a little while. Yeah, I agree. Whether you want to have him at running back one or two or, or wherever it is, I, I mean, I, I think you can make an argument for for a handful of, of running backs at running back one right now. But regardless, I think that running back one does belong before b- below several more wide receivers. And I wanted to point out Amon Ross St. Brown. He's down at 1.10, the wide receiver six. Uh, this, I think this is a player that the ADP is not matching uh, the, the market value for him right now uh, because he's a, he is that late first round pick but I went to the trade finder just to check him out I actually fully expected to, to be talking about buys um, for these older wide receivers a Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams um, uh, Stephon Diggs those kinds of guys but what I found was that was that Amon Ross St. Brown is actually just as cheap as those guys are in the trade market right now and the past uh, past couple of weeks he's gone for a single 2023 first round pick twice uh, if you were willing to give up Garrett Wilson, who as a player that we all very much like, um, you could have got uh, Monra St. Brown and George Pickens for just Garrett Wilson. St. Brown for Ooh. Mike White, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel. St. Brown for Zeke and Kenneth Walker. Saint, sorry, St. Brown and Zeke for Kenneth Walker. Uh, St. Brown for Debo and Deontay. So, like, he's, I mean, these are all name players, so they have name value, but I'm not sure that they, ima- they, they can really match Monra St. Brown's. Uh, production and uh, dynasty value right now. So uh, he is going at the end of the first round pick, but I think you can probably get him cheaper than that in the trade market currently. So he's a player that I am looking to go after at these prices. Some valuable information there for sure. Let's back back up to the 106 where we did see Waddle, the wide receiver five, his ADP at 8.2. Then another small gap like Ryan was talking about before we get to our second running back. It's Christian McCaffrey. And Matt, I wanted you to chime in here because McCaffrey looks like uh, he got some fresh air in his lungs when he landed in San Francisco. Looks like that dynamic playmaker once again with uh, big-time opportunities in a good offense. And that's going to carry over into 2023. Now, he is aging, though, so there's a little bit more worry when it comes to McCaffrey than maybe there was last year or even the year before going through those injuries. Do you think he belongs here at 7 overall and 9.8 as our ADP? 
I don't necessarily think he belongs at 107 um, just because I don't think any running back belongs there. But if we're talking about the top running back, I still think McCaffrey's in the in the discussion um, despite his age. In fact, until Bijan proves it, uh, he's probably uh, going to be still the running back one for me over Jonathan Taylor. Uh, obviously, I love the pass catching, all that kind of stuff. He proved that he can stay healthy, that he wasn't just going to get injured every year this year, uh, uh, this season. And, you know, he's, he's the kind of player that's going to offer uh, even as he starts to decline in production he's still going to offer a, a, a startable asset because of that receiving ability even when he doesn't isn't doesn't have those ceiling type games I think he's going to be constantly involved even as he ages that stuff's going to be there we see Jarek McKinnon doing it at, at 30 years old as a receiving back um, so uh, if he's if he's he's a player that I think that are that's on my roster I think he's one that's going to basically ride to the end of his career with me for the most part. Cause I just don't, I, I just don't see you getting this kind of level of, of, of trade value for McCaffrey right now. I, I mean, I don't think you could get Brees Hall straight up for Christian McCaffrey right now. Do you, do you guys? And here he is going no. on spot ahead of him. So I just don't think he has that kind of trade value, even, even though he's sitting here at 1.07 in our, in our ADP data. Yeah. You mentioned all those names. You're not getting Jalen Waddle for him. You're not getting Amon Ross St. Brown most likely for him either. So, Uh, I agree with you that you're going to get multiple seasons of big production as long as he stays on the field. And I don't think he's ever going to shake that that injury-prone label now that he missed those back-to-back seasons. That's going to be in the mind of most dynasty players uh, forever for the rest of his career. The next guys on the list, we keep the running back train going here, Ryan, because after McCaffrey at seven, we got those two rookies from the 2022 class, which we'll get... We'll get a lot of a lot of airtime for them here coming up. But Brees Hall goes off at eight. His ADP ten point three. Kenneth Walker right behind him at nine. Uh, Seattle running back with uh, ADP of ten point seven. Your thoughts on where these guys land? Yeah, I think they're probably in the right spot. Uh, I already mentioned earlier that I, I thought Hall had a chance to be the RB one uh, this month in in this data, and instead he's at three. So. If you're thinking about running back landscape, that in some ways that feels like a value, but big picture, I agree with Matt. This is probably higher than I'm taking any running back, including uh, including Brees Hall. So, so then we get yeah. to Amon Ra St. Brown at 10. His ADP is 11.5. A, a small run of receivers here. Tyreek Hill sneaks back into the the first round once again Matt uh he's at 11 with with an ADP of 12.8 and then T Higgins at 12 our final first round pick uh Cincinnati receiver there at 13.5 but 12 overall and wide receiver 8 yeah, I mean, I think these this order is fine. You know, Tyreek Hill is obviously aging, so I think you can make an, a, plenty of arguments to make him lower. But like I said, I think he's he he, he and this it, it, him going this far ahead of, of Devontae Adams, who's going almost a almost a full round uh, later, seems egregious to me. They both put up incredible seasons at an advanced age, and I think they'll probably do it again uh, coming up. So so he belongs in a tier, I think, with 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 Diggs and Adams to me. Um, if we're going to have one of these guys that high, this high, I think all of them should be up there. But I think more likely all three of these uh, kind of aging, productive wide receivers probably belong more towards the middle of the second round. Uh, for me, I'd have players that we're going to talk about coming up, like Garrett Wilson, uh, above these guys. Um, but the other two, uh, St. Brown and T. Higgins, belong. I think T. Higgins, you could have an argument about, too, if he belongs below players like Garrett Wilson. Uh, but it's in, it's in the right range, I think, the tail end of the first, early second. 
Let's get into that second round. We'll try to get through 12 more picks of this ADP, Ryan. And it starts with Saquon Barkley. The veteran over there in New York has an ADP of 13.7, and it comes in at the 201 in our January ADP. Yeah, 2.01, RB5, uh, just barely missed that that uh, end of the first round ADP. And I was a little surprised that he wasn't in that first round. Um Barkley has certainly gained some value uh, this season, but you know we're we're to that off season uh, time now, and and we've already spent some time bad mouthing these running backs. I, I think we're going to continue to see all of the running backs uh, fall down slightly in ADP, and and we'll see these young wide receivers uh, overtake them, and and maybe even with Hill and Diggs, maybe even the old wide receivers as well. So there's. There's just always going to be questions about the longevity of these running backs, even the best ones like Saquon Barkley. Yeah, and Austin Eckler, who's coming up here in a few minutes, he 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 qualifies as well, right? So, but before we get to him, let's talk about Garrett Wilson. Matt, you mentioned his name. I th- I think it's pretty ridiculous that he's down here below names like Tyree Kill and 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 certainly below Saquon Barkley, and it it's only one spot, but he's a spot in front of Diggs. And that sounds like it it doesn't belong as well. There should be some separation here. There's a handful of names we're going to mention here, and maybe even guys that would come out of the third round that I would consider over Barkley and and some of these aging wide receivers because they're so young and have already shown that elite upside. Yeah, I think I have. Um, I think I would definitely replace uh, put Garrett Wilson in the first round. He's my wide receiver seven right now uh, in the, in the same range as Chris Olave and. Uh, uh, Drake London, I kind of have in a, in a similar tier as well. So these are three players that I would, I think, belong more in that at the tail end of that first round uh, than than Tyreek and T Higgins at this point. Uh, and and as you mentioned, uh, Saquon Barkley, I would certainly take all three of those receivers over him in a startup situation. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, I mean, I th- I think Barkley's great. He's he's fine if you want to start off your 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 startup draft with uh, an elite wide receiver, an elite running back at the you know, to give yourself some flexibility going forward in, in the draft at the end of the first round at that turn there. I think that's, that's reasonable. Um, but for me, I think I would have him several spots lower below some of these more exciting young wide receivers. Yeah. So after digs at the 2.03, we get into another young running back, Ryan, followed by an aging guy. It's Travis Etienne at RB6, 16.5 ADP. And then Austin Eckler at RB7 with an ADP of 17.3. I think ETN is going to be a tough, uh, a tough evaluation for dynasty managers this off season. Uh, you know, there's, there's been a lot of talk. We've said it on here. I've said it on locked on and, and it's kind of becoming a, a common way to look at the running back position is outside of the elite running backs. Let's value these guys on a, on a year by year basis. Yep. Um, and if that's what we're doing, that's why we're not drafting running backs in the first round. That's why we're not trading multiple first rounders for running backs. Um, and so, so back to ETN, the, the discussion and the decision point is going to be, is he one of those elite running backs? Does he belong with Brees Hall and Bijan Robinson and Jonathan Taylor? Or is he just a solid fantasy running back that, can, uh, that you can plug in as, as your RB2? Right now, I'm kind of leaning more towards that uh, end of things for ETN. So this ADP, 2.04, 16 overall, uh, above some of those young wide receivers that we've already, that we've already said, and, and we'll get into more here. 
it, it feels too high for ETN. ETN did really carry that the the weight of that rushing game down there in Jacksonville in 2022. Ended up with 220 carries, 1,100 rushing yards, and five touchdowns. Which coming into the season, I think you there were a lot of questions whether he could handle that kind of workload. We expected yeah. him to be more of a pass catcher, I would say, though, than he was. It, it seemed like he never really got that, that big breakout game as a pass catcher. We didn't see six catches, seven catches in a single game. And that caps that upside just a little bit. We, we, we were missing a lot of those, those big boosts to his fantasy totals, just 35 catches for 316 yards, and didn't catch a receiving, have a receiving touchdown on the season. So his upside absolutely was capped. And I think that'll be in dynasty managers minds when they're drafting this off season or when they're considering trades as well. Going back to what Ryan said there, he's valued as the RB six, but we feel a lot better sliding him into that RB two role on our rosters because he, he hasn't proved that he can be that elite high end running back, but we're paying those kind of prices for him right now. The 206, Matt, I lined it up perfectly. It's your turn to talk about a guy, <laughs> and it's your guy. It's Kyle Pitts, the tight end one, ADP of 18.2. Yeah, uh, one really interesting point that I found on ETN real quick. Uh, ETN only has two more receptions of the season than Derrick Henry, so that to me tells you how disappointed you should be in, in his receiving uh, production. Uh, but Trav, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Kyle Pitts, um, I think this is a great range for him, and uh I don't know if you guys are familiar with the like investing term DCA dollar cost averaging. Um, but basically it means like you buy, if you're buying a certain stock or investment or whatever, you buy a little bit often, like you buy the same amount every single week. So you kind of capture, uh, you know, kind of a middle range of prices. You don't pay, you're not always paying the upper end. You're, you're probably not always getting the, the bottom either. Um, but that's kind of what I'm doing on pits this off season. That's my plan. Uh, I pay certainly paid, uh, the, the highest prices you could possibly pay for pits in some leagues. Um, but I'm excited to, to get some at a little bit of discount and lower that entry cost, uh, so to speak on Kyle Pitts. Just looking at the the trade finder, I think these are all reasonable. I wouldn't say any of these are deals. You guys tell me. Uh, Bateman and a first for Pitts. I feel like I'd, I'd pay that for Pitts depending on where that first round pick is. Yeah, I, I think I'd pay that for Pitts depending yeah, on if, if yeah. especially about, if that's late in the first round. Right. Uh, and then when you get to the, the more standard ones that we've seen, I think a lot. Kelsey straight up, Kittle straight up. I think I probably, unless I am like the extreme contender and I have Kelsey, uh, I'm probably taking both of those deals and, and grabbing sure. pits as well. So, um, yeah, I think he's reasonably priced, and uh, I think this is a great, great, great area to get him. Uh, if I'm on the clock at the 206 and it's pits and this next guy that are available, I'm taking the other guy, though. It's Chris Alave, <laughs> wide receiver 11, 19.3 in ADP. Alave was great in week 18 once again. Uh, if we could get him a quarterback, if somehow the Saints could find a quarterback and they don't have a first-round pick, that'd be great because Chris Olave is only being held back by that offense right now, Ryan. Yeah, Olave, I think, is a major value at this 2.07 spot. And you, you throw Garrett Wilson, his his former college teammate, in at 2.02. Matt spoke about him a moment ago. They feel kind of like the opposite of what Matt said about Amon Ra St. Brown, that St. Brown has that first round ADP, but doesn't necessarily have the trade value to match that. Olave and Wilson are going to be, I won't say impossible to acquire, but they're going to be very pricey this offseason, especially the way they ended the season. 
Uh, I saw a, a stat that, that was going around that really speaks to their success, that they were the first uh, rookie, former college teammates to each uh, each go over 1,000 yards as, as uh, rookie receivers. Mm. So really impressive for Wilson and – uh, and Alave as well. Yeah, they're they're going to be expensive, and I think they'll both uh, both have a good chance to be first rounders in this ADP on a monthly basis moving forward. I think you're right about that. Rounding out the second round here, we had DK Metcalf at the 2.08, then Najee Harris, Devonte Adams, Devonte Smith, and Drake London. I tell you guys, when I see this ADP, it just makes me want that number one pick overall. Maybe even the number two would be just fine. If you could start with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, or Jamar Chase and then come around the, the, the end of the second round and get a guy like Drake London, holy cow, that is the way to start a dynasty roster, man. Absolutely, yeah. The London and, both London and Olave, I think, should be up closer to where Wilson is at 202. Uh you know, and if you're playing like the, the 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 portfolio game of like you know bridging your your wide receivers in terms of age, uh, you want to have some that are are you know very productive, but maybe on the older side you have some younger ones that are kind of prospects and and are probably going to produce for you, but might not. I mean, if even if you start off with a guy like Chase or Jefferson and come back with somebody like London or one of these other rookies uh, that may not be consistent producers next season. And then also grab someone like Adams on the back end to to help you for that current season. Uh, I love that kind of start as well. Ryan, anything to add at the end of the second round here, beginning of the third? Yeah, just really notable uh, Najee Harris kind of back in the mix. Of course, he was a first rounder most of the offseason a year ago had that huge fall uh, really throughout the season. Even looking back at our December ADP just one month ago, he was 38 overall. And now here he is as a, uh, as a late second rounder. Uh, basically we're back to him being overvalued in my opinion. <laughs> I would not draft him in the second Okay. Round. I was worried right away when you, the first sentence you said was, yeah, it's Najee Harris back in the mix. And I'm like, Oh, where are we going here? <laughs> McDowell. Uh, but you finished strong there. Uh, that that's a that's a scary spot for Najee Harris in my opinion. Any any notable exceptions here? Anybody that's that's missing from the top twenty four in our ADP that we think uh, names should be should be in here? Uh, well, it's easy for me to come up with some names as I'm as I'm looking at the rest of our data here. Uh, I've got that behind the scenes. Mark Andrews is twenty five overall. Uh, of course, had a really, uh, a really disappointing back half of the season, but he was a guy who was looking like a first rounder in ADP to to start the year, and and there was a lot of talk about him being the real dynasty tight end one instead of Pitts. Uh, obviously, that changed as the season went along, but I guess surprised to see him that far out of the mix. DeAndre Swift, uh, twenty six overall, he's been a, of course a former first rounder in our ADP. Uh, and then we see the quarterbacks, Allen and Mahomes. It's it's always, uh, you know, it's always a discussion of how highly you're going to value those elite, elite quarterbacks in uh, in the one quarterback and setting. 2022 was maybe a, a a feather in the cap of those that have always said you got to value those quarterbacks, even in single quarterback, because those those late quarterback ones throughout the quarterback twos, they really didn't have great seasons. And if you had Allen, if you had Mahomes, if you had a few of these other truly elite guys, you had an advantage in fantasy. 
Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, like, we just talked about Najee Harris in the, in the late second. I would much rather, if I was going to spend the pick on a quarterback, I would much rather have one of those elite guys than, than Harris. I mean, I'd probably take a wide receiver instead, but, um, you know, I'd rather have the quarterback than, than Harris for sure. So this will be a staple for the rest of the quote-unquote offseason. We're going we're gonna to look at ADP every single month right before it publishes, uh, and we'll do that every month here on the DLF Dynasty Podcast. It's time to set the line. Well, it's it's really time to review setting the line at, line for the season, Matt. We got to shoot through this quickly. We took a little extra time on ADP. Uh, re- recap where we're at. Yeah, um, on the season uh, to go, we got uh, oh, where did I put those notes? There they are. Um, uh, we got Dan at 18 and 13, Ryan at 21 and 11, me at 15 and 16 with a couple things to be decided. Uh, we're still waiting on the end of the uh, Philly-New York Giants uh, game. Uh, I don't know what Hurst's current, current point total is from a fantasy perspective, but he need, at the beginning of this game he needed 25.42 to hit 400. So we're still waiting on that. Yeah, he's, um, he's not going to get there. I was going to say, I don't think he's going to get there. If that's the case, then I took that one, Dan. You are, did not get that one. But Hertz certainly would have gotten there if he had not missed uh, a couple of games here at the end of the season. So, you know, it's kind of a – you know, it could have gone either way. So uh, the one you put out there, Dan, new playoff teams in 2022. Uh, Ryan and I both took the over on that. And uh, we got uh, we we got six teams, uh, six new teams so far: uh, Jacksonville, the Los Angeles Chargers, Baltimore, Miami, Minnesota, and the New York Giants are the six so far. Um, it's possible we could still get a sixth one uh, or another a seventh uh, new team, um, but right now we do have six. So both Brian and I hit that. And then I put out that AJ Brown was the wider was going to be the wide receiver nine in points per game in fantasy. You guys both said outside of that, entering this week, he is the he is seventh in uh, PPR points per game among wide receivers and the wide receiver five overall. The wide receivers ahead of him, uh, if you're interested in that, are. Uh, uh, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, who did it in nine games because of, of injury, obviously. Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase, who played 12 games, and seventh was A.J. Brown. So we can crown Ryan McDowell, the, the king of set the line. Uh, I tried to make a run at you, McDowell, but uh, you took it down this year. We'll reintroduce that again. Uh, maybe we'll do it from time to time. In the offseason, we'll get creative th- with things around draft time and things like that. So uh, we got to keep keep trucking along here. The DLF Dynasty Podcast Mock Draft. Yeah, we thought we'd talk about these rookies one final time, do a final 2022 rookie mock draft. We're going to do uh, Superflex. We're going to do Tight End Premium. we got to move along, so especially with these first few picks who we've already talked about, let's keep things moving. Uh, I'm going to go outside of what ADP suggests uh, by quite a ways. I'm sticking with the guy that I like the most out of the class. Uh, it's Chris Olave for me. At yeah, one. I agree. I'm not... I'm not uh, taking the, the the consensus, whatever you want to call him here. I'm going to go with the wide receiver as well, Garrett Wilson. Ryan, you drew drew the third pick. Who do you have? Uh, well, I, I like some of these wide receivers, but I uh, I'm not going to go that far. So I I will take that uh, guy who I think is the consensus 101 right now. Uh, I'll take Brees Hall. Yeah, I like that pick. I'm you know I. 
I knew I was going to have the fourth pick in this, and I figured those when I decided I'm taking Chris Olave, those would be the next two guys to go in some order, and I'd have a decision between the running back and the wide receiver, and I'm going to stick with the wide out. I'm taking Drake London right here. Yeah, that that that's where I would have went as well. Uh, the next the next pick, this pick is really tough. I mean, I feel like it, it, the obvious pick is the running back because the next group of wide receivers, you could probably throw them in a bucket. So I'll just take Kenneth Walker here, five. Yeah, certainly a tear uh, teardrop after those five players. Um, we're getting into some names we haven't mentioned as part of that ADP discussion. I think I will take Traylon Burks here at six overall. Yeah, I like that pick. That's where I would have gone if I had that had this pick, uh, that pick as well. Um, that puts me in a spot. I, it's it's kind of the way I expected things to go. The first six Burks certainly showed a lot of his upside late in the season. Another guy that we we at at the very least need a healthy Ryan Tannehill to, to deliver him the ball on time so he can make plays there in that Tennessee offense. Um, I'm really just stalling because there's a couple guys I like here. <laughs> I know you guys taking, might not like it, but I'm going to take Christian Watson here. I want the big play. I'm, I, I think oh, he belongs okay. here at seven. Uh, he's certainly in the tier with the other receivers we're about to talk about. That's not who I thought you would take. Oh, really? Uh, that's, it is who I thought he would take, and I think it's a fine fine pick there, Dan. I don't think you need to beat yourself up about it. Um, I have two two choices here. It's You're going with either the untapped potential that we haven't seen or the kind of exciting young player that we have seen it from. Um, a little bit this season. I'm going to go with the untapped upside, though, and take Jamison Williams. Mm. That's a nice pick. That That's who I thought Dan would take. That's who I was going to take. Um, I'm just going to go – I'm going to break the seal on the quarterback at this point uh, and, and take Kenny Pickett. I think, really, he's the only quarterback worth taking yep. in this uh, in this. Yeah, category. we're, we're going to see how, how far we get in this. But if we see a second quarterback, it's probably going to be a little bit of a wait. I certainly would have considered Pickett at this spot. He he belongs in the conversation. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the wide receiver theme that I've been doing to this point, and I'm gonna go with George Pickens and hope he can develop as a as a short to intermediate guy to add on to that deep threat that he's proven to be there in Pittsburgh as a rookie. Yeah, both good picks. I love Pickens. I probably like him better than the player that I'm going to take. But I do think that Jahan Dotson is still not getting enough uh, enough publicity. He's been good with a lot of bad quarterbacks. He was good with Carson Wentz. He was good with uh, Taylor Heineke. Um, I, I haven't looked at his stats today, but I assume he's probably being going to be pretty good uh, here with Sam Howell today. So uh, a first-round wide receiver, not even a late first round, a middle exactly right in the middle of the first round. So I think he needs a little bit more respect. Ryan, you got the final pick. I, I'm guessing you got sniped there. Yeah, I got sniped. That's definitely the end of, of another tier. I've, I've ended up ending up on the outside looking <laughs> in here a couple times. I will reluctantly take Damian Pierce at 120. Yeah, I think he's the guy that belongs there. He's the guy I had in that spot. Uh, really, the 12 that I expected to go went almost in the order that I expected them to go. Um, the first round end up, ends up with Chris Olave at one, Garrett Wilson at two, Brees Hall at three, then Drake London, Kenneth Walker, and Traylon Burks to round out the top six picks. That was followed up by Christian Watson, Jamison Williams, 
Kenny Pickett, because it is super flex, then George Pickens, Jahan Dotson, and Damian Pierce is your 12th overall pick. We're going to try to get through a second round of draft picks here, and I think they're... I think Pierce belonged there. That, and he might have been in a tier of his own, the, or Ryan. I was kind of hoping you'd go in a different direction, maybe maybe be the homer that you are from time to time. Uh, but you weren't. I'm going to finally take a running back here, and I'm going to go with Rashad White and hope that he Dang. Uh, he gets that role in Tampa Bay, whether, whether Tom Brady is back or not. Yeah, that would have been my pick. I, I actually prefer him to Damian Pierce as well. Uh, so uh, love that one for you, Dan. I'm going to go back to wide receiver. I'm going to take Alec Pierce, which I, mean, I don't know if that's high or not, uh, but uh, I feel like he's shown just enough. If he gets a quarterback, uh, I think he's clearly the locked-in wide receiver too in Indianapolis. Uh, now I'm going to be a homer. I'll take Wondell <laughs> Robinson at 2.03. Thank you, Matt. For that bad pick you made, uh, I would have taken Robinson if he would have got to me one more time because uh, I considered him actually at the two hundred one. Uh, that's a nice pick, and I know we didn't see a lot of Wandale Ryan, but when we did see him on the field, especially in that one breakout game, he was that slot machine that we thought he had the potential to be. I, I think yeah. there's going to be people out there that overlook that. And maybe point to Kadarius Tony's big, mass, massive game that he had as a Giant a year ago. But Wandale showed enough to me that I want him as my wide receiver five, which is kind of how he's being valued right now. He could be a wide receiver three in your starting lineup next year. Uh, I'm up at the 204, and I, I'm staring down these wide receivers that I really don't, or these running backs that I really don't want to take. So I'm going to go back to wide receiver again, take a guy that didn't do quite enough as a rookie, but certainly has a high upside. I'll take Sky Moore of the Chiefs. Oh, that's gross. Oh my. <laughs> I, 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 had him in my, I had him in my third round. Uh, really? Geez, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I just, I mean, I'm, Me too. I'm probably giving up too early maybe, but like he, I feel like he, in that environment, he should have showed something. And he You took Alec that. Pierce at the 202 and you have a problem with Sky Moore <laughs> at the 204? At least, at least Alec Pierce had like a, like a wide receiver two level game. At least he caught, caught a touchdown. I mean, what is, I mean. Well, the Chiefs. And he okay. did it with. And he did it with freaking Matt Ryan and Nick Foles and all these characters, right? Anyway, sure. uh, back to running back. I'm going to take James <laughs> Cook here. Uh, you know, obviously showed flashes better than Devin Singletary. I don't know if he's ever going to be a full-time back, but James Cook uh, is a pretty good player. Uh, <laughs> um, well, it is tight end premium, so I'm going to go with a tight end. They all kind of feel like the same. I'll take Greg Dulcich of the I thought I thought he'd be back. He'd get back to me at the two hundred seven. He did not. Um, I'll go with the other wide receiver then, uh, a guy who did catch a few passes, and it's Romeo Dobbs. Yep, you got me. Um, I will. <laughs> I will take. Uh, I'll go back to tight end as well. I'll take Trey McBride. Uh, I haven't seen what he's done today really yet, but he had a nice game uh, in week seventeen. Uh, for the Cardinals, and you know, with Zach Ertz probably mostly out of the way, if, you know, I think he can he can be something. Ryan, 
Um, I am going to take. Uh, I'm going to take another tight end. I'm going with uh, Chig Okonkwo from the Tennessee Titans. Just yep. continues to make plays uh, even as their as their season ended this weekend. Uh, really excited about his. You future. son of a gun! You got me on that one. I <laughs> I I had him pin, pinned for this pick right here. Uh, the two ten. <laughs> I thought I'd get Chig. I I loved him at Maryland and thought he had this athletic profile to be a downfield threat and he's showing that uh already early in his career i hope he really gets a full-time opportunity in 2023 um i'm on the clock here with a few picks left in the second round man i i think i have to take isaiah pacheco here he he's he's got a shot to be a regular in that offense and and maybe he's a bi-week fill-in uh on a good team hopefully he's not your rb2 next season I kind of felt like these three running backs that are left are kind of all the same to me. Yeah, they like are. They're kind of low upside, just kind of grinders, um, and, you know, replaceable fantasy options. So I think I'm going to steer away from them. I'm going to take another tight end. This has been a surprisingly good tight end class, and not even really talking yeah. about the top tight end and uh, McBride, right? So I'll go back to the position. I think there's a few options here still even at tight end, but I'll take Kate Otten, who had a very nice season nice uh, in Tampa Bay. I like it. Uh, I wasn't sure if we'd see another quarterback drafted. I'm going to take a second one, though. Uh, I'm going to take Brock Purdy here oh, at 212, nice, nice. 24 overall. Uh, you know, it's. I mean, he's he's been good. All he has done is won games. Uh, hasn't shown the huge fantasy upside, which I think is kind of what we all expected from him, especially being uh, thrown into the fire there as the starter. Uh, I, I still think it's Trey Lance. But we haven't seen Lance be good or healthy. What happens? So, what happens if Purdy wins a Super Bowl? They go to Trey Lance. Okay. Uh, yeah. They, they don't win a Super Bowl because of Brock. Purdy. No, certainly not. But like, they didn't couldn't have done it with with Garoppolo, or they did, haven't done it with Garoppolo. So he he is a, a Garoppolo replacement. Absolutely. He is that 100%. that level quarterback for sure. He does not put the ball in jeopardy. He makes good reads, gets the ball out of his hands quickly. And that that sometimes that doesn't mean you're anything better than a oh, high level man. backup quarterback. But sometimes it means you're a low level starter. After that throw to Terry McLaurin just now, I think maybe we should have drafted Sam Howe. <laughs> <laughs> now everybody knows when we're recording. Uh, <laughs> we're towards the end of the third quarter in those late games. Trying to get done before that Packers Lions game. Of course, the, the other names that were uh, sidestepped in this 24-player mock draft, Brian Robinson, he, he didn't go. Yep. Um, he would have been the first pick in the third round to me. We also didn't take... Let's Ty- do it. Let's do a third okay, round. Third round. Let's do lightning, lightning mode. Let's All right, I'll take Brian Robinson Brian- at 25 overall in that case. I'll take Tyler Algier. Yeah, he's, he's come on strong, and I think he gets a look again next year. Especially if they don't invest early in the position or through free agency. Uh, I'll go Tyquan Thornton at 3.03. Love it. Uh, I'm up at 3.04. And this is why I wasn't sure I wanted to do another round. Uh, (laughs) Lightning round, Dan. This is where I was supposed... You're saying this is where I was going to get Sky Moore? Because that sounds pretty ridiculous to me. Uh, I'm going to stick with the tight end position. I think I'll take Isaiah Likely. He showed just enough to to belong right here. I'm also going to take another tight end. I'm going to take 
uh, Danny Belly, a.k.a. Daniel Bellinger, who had a fantastic season with the, uh, the New York Giants until um, he got that gruesome eye injury. So uh, the tight end class, man, it's good. That's that's a terrible nickname. I, I hope you made that's, that's, that up. I didn't make that up. That's uh, I think it's I think it's maybe JJ Zacharyson and something like that. But oh, Danny man. Belly, I like J- it. JJ, <laughs> you can uh, do better, bud. <laughs> well, I'll I'll take the man of the hour. Uh, just a, a shot in the dark here. I'll take Sam. Howell. Absolutely, man. He deserves to go. All right, I am. You're probably you're probably gonna think I'm crazy because he looked he looked absolutely dreadful. Malik Willis did. He, he looks awful, but mm. he still has the raw skills. And I do believe I, I wrote the rookie report card and I, I ended that with his ultimate upside. If everything goes his way, he's a quarterback one. And it's all because of that uh-huh, running skill. So I, I know I've talked negatively about Malik Willis. Apparently I'm the guy who likes him the most in this room now, which is crazy to say. I, I don't know if that's the case. It just, I think he could have gone in a late second for sure, just based on the upside alone. But like, if I could go out, can you get Malik Willis for like two third round picks right now? A single late second? Oh yeah, I, 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 I think I you can, can get him, get him for the third. I'm absolutely, for sure. yeah, I'm definitely doing that uh, in a super flex format. Um, am I, I'm back up, right? Um, I'll take. Uh, I'm going to take Khalil Shakir, who I think is better than Isaiah McKenzie in the slot, and I think can fill in on the outside if Diggs or uh, Gabe Davis were to get hurt. He was in this range for me, for sure. Nice pick, right? I'll take Jalen Warren, who uh, was the Steelers' lead back at, at points this year. Yep. Yeah, and looked good in the role, really. Looked like a guy who is certainly capable and at the very least looks like a pass catcher that could – do some damage down down the road as well um that puts me back up and um i think i'm gonna go back to tight end one last time and i'm, I'm gonna take jelani woods uh geez uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna take one of your guys from last rookie class dan uh damian harris is a unrestricted free agent at the end of this year pierre strong looked pretty good um i'll take a shot in here at the end of the third I was about to say, you know, Damian Harris isn't a rookie, right? <laughs> uh, oh, oh, wait, what? We're ending, we're ending the season strong here, Ryan. Who is who is truly Mister Irrelevant? Uh, I think it's gonna be. Um, hmm. That's a good question. It does get it. It gets pretty ugly, but this the the third round feels a lot better now than it did. Uh, in the off season, it really did. Oh, for sure. you, you know, yeah. this, essentially this class, uh, has been, has been so much better than we thought it would be. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Zonovan Knight. Yep. Damn Knight. Okay. Um, of course we, uh, we definitely like Brees Hall there for the jets, but I think Knight could be, uh, could be the RB two. There were a handful of guys that had some value at times this year. Guys like, David Bell. There were people that really liked him coming out of the draft. And, Matt, I know you were one of them. He didn't get picked in this. Desmond Ritter, who there was excitement about even three or four weeks ago when he got that starting job. He did not do much with it. Took a few weeks to get that first passing touchdown. Did that in week 18. But Atlanta is sure to address that position. Kyron Williams had a little bit of pub throughout the season as somebody with a little bit of potential. He didn't go here. Uh, John Mechie is probably going to... Re- return right in this offseason yep. there there were some strong reports hope so. we hope he gets back on the field 
And I like John Mechie. If you can get him for free, he's he's one of those guys that we should call our sleeper stash of the week at this point because John Mechie uh, has some upside for next year. So it was nice to touch on these rookies one last time, but I can't wait to really dig into the 23 rookie class, guys. Absolutely. Yeah, let's, uh, let's start that soon. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to the DLF Dynasty podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.